Welcome to the Q Podcast, conversations in digital media where we discuss current trends, valuable tactics, and strategy in the digital marketing space. I'm your host, Zach Hornsey, Director of Client Success here at Q1 Media. I'd like to welcome our guest, Christian Diaz, Marketing Manager for Braun Homes, a home building leader in the Central Texas area since 2002, and Britton Riley, our Senior Vice President of Sales here at Q1 Media. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Britton. Good to be talking. Yeah, great. Well, this one's going to be a great one. It's going to be all about, you know, home building and the real estate market here in Austin and really everywhere, which I know everyone's monitoring and watching every single day. But before we jump in, I'd like to get a little bit back, a little bit of background on just you, Brent, real quick, and then, you know, transition over to Christian, kind of get your path over to Braun Homes here. Yeah. Um, so I, I joined on with QN Media in late 2010. And uh, I've been here through you know, a number of different iterations, obviously, um, from kind of more pure programmatic side with direct being a little bit smaller, um, moving into direct being a little bit more of a focus. And I'm our VP of sales, uh, run the sales org here. I have worked with Christian um, you know, on a number of campaigns in the past. And so, no, we were able to bring some good t- context into the conversation here and, and get some really good insights for everybody interested in real estate marketing. You, Christian, yeah, give us a background, your kind of your history into uh, what you did before and kind of how you ended up at Braun Homes and, you know, and your kind of path. Absolutely. Uh, I always had a passion for marketing and advertising. That was uh, undergrad, grad school, doing that. And then agency life was where I started. And, you know, as the saying goes, really sharpen your teeth. Uh, I got thrown into the Richards Group, which was an amazing experience. Worked on primarily Ram trucks. Uh, their national brand. So that was awesome. Everything from video commercials to their digital footprint, uh, focus groups and everything in between. Then uh, worked for a company that used to be called Marketing Matters, now White Hat, uh, boutique agency here in Austin. And, you know, a slew of clients across a number of industries, which was great because the research involved and truly getting to know and understand your client and what their needs are um, continue to add to my skill set and always learning then uh, moved to a company called catalyst where then it was a little bit more into the real estate world and so that's where i really started to find my niche uh, so to speak and so dealt with student living properties uh, mixed use uh, luxury apartments throughout the US and it was awesome and I found that I was getting closer to being able to market uh, a particular product that was a huge financial investment for individuals and I thought that that was really cool uh, then right before I came to Braun Homes I had a brief stint at Charles Schwab here in Austin uh, behind in the domain area and their compound because <laughs> that's what it is is insane uh restaurants downstairs i mean you don't have to leave but um you know it was it was great but i I wanted to get back into what had really called my attention which was the real estate world and so was fortunate enough to get in with braun homes in 2019 and have been with them since and always learning but being able to put together great campaigns and working together with Brenton here at Q1 and then of course going through everything that everyone has been experiencing from 2019 2020 to now uh, absolutely pre mid and post pandemic 
Absolutely. And about Braun, I mean, I'm right. It's 2002 was when it kind of started here. And I know it was really focused in the Austin area, but you guys are expanding fast, right? I mean, now you're more of like, and Brent and I were talking about this, you guys are central Texas area and growing. Yeah, that's right. Um, 2002 started by brothers, uh, Aaron and Adam Bainig. And so that was the birth of Braun Homes. Really started with uh, custom homes. I mean, we're talking like one, two, a handful at a time. And then, of course, over the years, been able to really increase that volume, um, be more of a, of a production builder now, and uh, really focus on entry level as well as second time home buyers. And so, yeah, started in Austin, now as far south as San Marcos, while yeah. hitting, of course, Kyle and Buda as well, uh, east all the way to Bastrop and Elgin. Wow. Uh, west to Lago Vista and north, uh, Georgetown, Round Rock, and all the way to we're about to open up a community this week up in Gerald. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So what what kind of other markets do y'all have on the roadmap to potentially consider getting into? Because I imagine, I mean, with the whole Texas market seeing this kind of boom right now, I imagine y'all's aspirations are outside of even Central Texas, too. I mean, yeah, we're not limiting ourselves <laughs> uh, going to continue of course and it's really exciting and yeah. going to continue of course to strengthen um, our foothold here in central Texas uh, something that's really exciting is of course we've been buying into or entering communities as a home builder where there was a developer and then we're one of maybe three four five home builders so purchasing some phases or lots um, all the way to now uh, really putting an emphasis on being a developer as well. Nice. So home builder and developer where we are buying some land and fully developing these yeah. communities, these master plan communities ourselves. So uh, yeah, there are aspirations to uh, continue to expand and uh, would love to be the home builder of Texas. Absolutely. Well, we're going to jump into like the main question. I know a lot of people listening want to hear and that's so, you know, you started in 2019, so you were you were uh, there to actually see what marketing goals and advertising was like pre-pandemic, and then you were there during the pandemic, and now you're there where we're kind of starting to come out of it. So have you seen, what would you say your marketing goals were pre-pandemic? Did you see a kind of a change when it came to like whenever we were kind of in the belly of the beast of the pandemic? And then have you seen things kind of change toward after the pandemic as well, which I know it's not after, but we're getting there. Totally. It's been a whirlwind. Um, everyone has their own different roller coaster experience, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, to start in order, pre pandemic, it was inbound lead generation and turning those leads into appointments at our model homes uh, while also getting individuals to just go and show up at our model homes unannounced. So, uh, really, it, it was a big emphasis on that lead generation, and it was great uh, working with Brenton and his team, being able to put together plans where, you know, of course, we're, we're focusing on programmatic, but also with uh, other paid avenues and ways of device ID targeting, where we were able to uh, look at the traffic of um, individuals as they were going through an area where we were going to enter into a community and start selling homes, which would then help us figure out, okay, where are we gonna do some geo-targeting? 
And uh, that was really awesome and definitely uh, a digital marketing tactic that uh, maybe some people don't know about. And uh, I don't know, quickly, Brenton, is there a little more detail into that, that, you know, you being the expert and how it was all put together, the architect, so to speak, engineer as well, um, that you can speak to how it really helped us? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously y'all made it relatively easy for us to at least build out the polygoning strategy for you know knowing exactly where each of the model homes were for yourselves the competitors building the audience that way as opposed to just looking at you know folks who are interested in buying a home and might fit into that that third party audience segment online where the recency you know could be 3 6 plus months where we know our market doesn't really last uh, quite that long um, it, you know, relative to other markets, inventory tends to move pretty quickly here. Decisions get made just as quickly. Um, so that recency of being able to build the audience of people who were just looking at these homes, just visiting either model homes, you know, competitor sales offices or your own sales offices, um, you know, within weeks or, or, or capping that at a month's time made sure that the audience itself was going to be more qualified. I mean, we could tell that, you know, obviously from the, the performance, you know, the, the engagement rates that we saw from your ads for those more niche audiences, um, you know, and that niche audience obviously comes with a finite number of people you can reach, number of impressions you can possibly get in front of them with. Um, but the, the qualification of that audience just made each of those engagements that much more worthwhile. Plus, like you mentioned, the back end, of being able to show foot traffic of people coming to visit your model homes or sales offices From after those. having been yeah. at the competitors. <clears throat> um, it, it's just a, a bit of kind of tying it full circle, getting some of those, um, you know, almost kind of offline conversions where it might not have been a, an appointment set, but these people came by and engaged with what you were showing them from the ads. You know, that's, that was exactly what we were looking to get. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to give y'all something a little bit different perspective of what we could learn from the display initiatives we were running. Totally. And um, it, that was amazing. And it just fit so perfectly into, uh, you know, what we like to call the, the holistic marketing uh, strategy where it was not just that, but that had been a component uh, that we had not been utilizing up until then. And so with the device ID targeting, with being able to capture that foot traffic, also uh, social, of course, our search and display, and then even beyond that, breaking it up into various campaigns geographically, um, also being able to segment uh, specific campaigns just towards realtors and having our messaging speak directly to them and then, of course, our messaging for the home buyer, the prospective home buyer as well, which I thought was really awesome because, um, especially when it came to that realtor market, that was something that, again, is extremely important for uh, our industry. Yeah. Um, because, you know, anyone looking to buy a home, especially for the first time, there are a lot of questions. And um, there, there is that lack of education out there with respect to what all is involved and if you haven't had that experience in going through the process of buying a new home, it, it could seem very daunting. So a lot of people will reach out to a realtor and then it's making sure that we're top of mind for one, the, the home buyer, but then also we're top of mind for that realtor. So that way when it comes to recommendations, you know, Braun Homes is, is on the top of that list. 
Yeah, I, I loved when we initially launched the campaign targeting the realtors and building in that incentivized program of, of getting them you know, to recommend more buyers come to y'all. Um, I feel like that is relatively unique in, in the real estate space. I mean, can you talk a little bit about you know, kind of what spurred the idea? Was it just the fact that you had kind of some more loyal real estate agents that were consistently coming back, y'all identified more value from? Or was it just uh, an initiative really to create that kind of loyalty where it might not have been before? Sure. Um, it was it was a little bit of both. It was looking at the total number. So I, I'm a data junkie. And so <laughs> <laughs> as I know everyone we here at Q1 Media is, yeah, I, yes. I think that's why the relationship is, is so beautiful. But um, looking at the data and being able to break up hey, uh, out of all the home sales or contracts in the past two, three years, what percentage did not have a realtor involved and what did? Then seeing that uh, the number that did have realtors involved was so much greater than, it it led us to say, okay, well, there is an importance there and there is an opportunity for us to not only be marketing to, to the end consumer or, or the home buyer, um, but also being able to market to those individuals that can become our advocates. And while you know, it, it would be crazy to believe that uh, a realtor is only gonna say, only go see this one home builder, being in that top three, top five of consideration set of recommendations I should say that is a goal that I saw and we saw to be attainable and and worth going after and then um, the other part of that is being able to again create those advocates in that realtor community and we created a program called the top agent uh, program and that had various incentives and, and so we'd have, you know, quarterly happy hours that we would invite the realtors that have sold for us with, you know, food, drink, prizes, uh, to sharing social, um, you know, our, our platform and sharing call outs and tagging people and sort of boosting them up and in a way giving them, uh, putting them in the spotlight for other people who may be following our pages um, all, all the way to some incentives that, that have been offered with respect to, uh, you know, uh, everyone will be able to pay the realtor X percent uh, commission. And so being able to highlight that as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a real great opportunity for us. And we saw the results and uh, we saw, you know, from year to year, an increase in not only the number of realtors that end up selling homes, uh, brown homes, but also the, um, I don't want to say frequency, but the number of times that realtors would sell more than one home yeah. of ours. So that was really awesome and exciting and, and things that we were all putting together and focusing on pre-pandemic. Um, so, so moving on to the second part, which was mid-pandemic, uh, there was, oh man, so much pivoting that took place. Um, because each of the cities or counties that we were involved in had different regulations um, as everyone was just trying to figure out what was happening. Well, and a lot of people were told to stay home. 
So, you know, like you, we just brought up earlier, something I'm thinking about is as someone who actually is currently in the market of looking to buy a home, you know, you are driving down that road and you see the, the sign of like 15 different home builders. And what y'all were discussing is, so, which is so powerful, is that you can find that person through a polygon or, you know, a device ID that was over there, four of them. And then all of a sudden you can start targeting them with a marketing thing. But um, yeah, I mean, mid pandemic, you're right. It's like, okay, people may not be on the road. You, they may not be driving. So what do you, how do you, what, how do you pivot that? Where do you go? Totally. And, and that's a great point, Zach. And that's where uh, another one of the beauties with digital marketing is the ability to not only turn off and on uh, specific campaigns or initiatives uh, pretty quickly, but also uh, I always like to think of it as, as adjusting the volume or adjusting the spend. So if you have various campaigns or initiatives running in the digital world, um, you can turn down or turn up the, the impressions or the spend on that uh, polygoning. And Absolutely. so our, our efforts in the device ID targeting world, uh, we had to turn those down because to your point, we weren't seeing all that uh, movement on the roads as much. Yeah. And then it became, okay, well, uh, what do we do now? So because we, weren't, we didn't just have the opportunity for people to just pop in the model homes, it was, okay, everything now needs to be appointment set. And even before that, it was, um, hey, let's let's bust out as much as we can into the virtual meetings, right? Yeah. As we all know, WebEx, Zoom, none of these are my sponsors, but uh, <laughs> you know, Teams, I don't know if yeah. Skype is still around and Teams, Slack. Uh, <laughs> don't but, come after us for royalties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, being able to then say to the home buyers we are still building we are still selling and we can meet all of your needs uh, from a virtual standpoint so being able to bring our virtual tours to the forefront having our sales consultants meet with these individuals both in state and out of state um, even with FaceTime and uh, doing tours of the property uh, were things that, I mean, really tipped the hat to the sales team because they've just been busting it out there. Yeah. Um, but then again, going back to uh, the tactics uh, that we were imploring marketing-wise, uh, it was more of the search and, and putting that up there because that was going to be the way if people weren't driving around and popping in and out, then typing into... Um, whatever search platform, let's just say Google, but also Bing, Yahoo, and uh, making sure that we were able to put a lot of emphasis on search was something that we ended up yeah. shifting towards. And I know, you know, obviously that it, it's so important as an end sales group, you know, that dealing with the actual customer, delivering the product, you know, having that lead is, is key in search and being there low in the funnel where people are actively looking for y'all or somebody who is like y'all that you're trying to keep from getting that piece of business. You know, search obviously makes so much sense to be heavying up on for y'all spend. Um, I remember whenever we, we first got going, it was actually, you know, pre-pandemic, the idea of 
you know, taking a look at what had been spent before and kind of what that overall strategy was and pulling back a good bit on that spend, mm-hmm. knowing that we could still keep the quantity of leads for y'all in a good place. And everything went, you know, it, it went as planned. We were able to go in, make the, the search buys a little bit more efficient with, with optimization we knew was a good direction to go in. And it seemed like everything was moving in the right direction. Y'all brought on the sales team and it seemed like things ramped up even more quickly. That ability to get people who are calling in, um, you know, from engaging with any part of the campaign and getting to a real person that they're talking to on the other end who can address some of those questions and concerns on the fly before necessarily having to, to set up a separate appointment, build some more comfort in those folks. You know, how how is that initiative grown for y'all or, or you know has it grown is that something that y'all are adding more people to your sales team I know it was something we talked about extensively uh, being a big factor when when sales really started to ramp up even as COVID was getting started um, and it was you know initially kind of expected that we'd see a little less traffic y'all brought in a new tactic to make sure that you were converting more and not letting those folks you know have any reason to not work with totally you. totally and and to address the one of the parts that you brought up with the funnel, with the uh, purchasing funnel, marketing funnel, we had always been focusing on that middle to lower tier where it was researching, but really heavy on the intent, right? The purchasing intent. Someone's ready to buy, we're there. Someone's researching, yeah, we're there. Um, but, uh, but, but to the point of mid-pandemic, it was, hey, let's go all the way to that bottom part because we need to be present when people are looking and people were looking to buy. Um, and because of the increase in our inbound leads, I mean, we saw uh, with our tactics that we were imploring, uh, I mean, our website traffic increased by like over 160%. Our inbound leads increased by over 240% and then our inbound calls that was over 180% so across the board in all the areas that you want to see improvement we were seeing improvement because of all the optimizations that had been made and so that did necessitate us to grow our team in a strategic manner and that was bringing on internet sales associates so our sales team but um that were focused solely on those digital leads and those phone calls, uh, the leads that were coming in to make sure that they were responded to immediately and or within minutes. So of course you have your auto reply whenever someone submits a contact form, right? But okay, that makes the the person or the user feel, okay, my information made it through, they received it. But if that's where it stops and they're not reached out to, well, after a day or two, I mean, they're in the they're in that research mode. They're looking. They're trying to buy. They're wanting to make moves. And if you reach out to a lead two, three, ten days later, I mean, th- that's wasted money on on that lead because they've moved on. So, due to 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 the success we were seeing. We brought on these internet sales associates and really had to create a workflow for them. And so that, that brought on a whole slew of uh, new thinking and, and new logic that had to be 
put to use with, all right, how are we gonna connect these leads and what are the steps and what's the process for these internet sales associates? But that was something that we were able to accomplish because of all these optimizations and the increases across the board uh, with traffic, inbound leads, inbound calls, and uh, it led to more appointments and it led to more contracts being signed. So it was uh, definitely success across the board, but uh, in those new jobs or positions that we didn't have before had to be created, which was awesome. Absolutely. And now that leads us to post pandemic, you know, we're currently sitting a little under 50% of vaccination fully in the U.S. And, um, you know, where, you know, if I heard you right, you know, went from trying to get people pre-pandemic into the locations, come to the home build site, come set appointments that way to search. It was more pivoting more towards search and setting appointments in the middle ground of that. And then here we are at the post or getting there, you know, have you guys changed much from the midterm of the pandemic to now post your, your marketing goals? Absolutely. <clears throat> um, can't, can't speak for every single builder, but I know that inventory is, is at an all-time low. Yep. And so pre and mid, uh, a lot of builders, we had inventory out there. And so it's like, hey, we have quick, uh, quick ready move-in homes. Um, there's a publication called Pred, and that was mainly towards realtors, giving them all the MLS listings, all those homes that are ready to sell. I think it's maybe like at one sheet for every single builder put together, if that. Um, so post-pandemic, uh, throughout the whole you know year and a half, pre and mid, um, you know, fortunate enough that sales were happening. And, and things were good. And now it's okay. Things were really flying off the shelf that no one has inventory anymore. And so it's adjusting, what are we trying to do now? If it's not, we have 50 homes for sale, let's go ahead and market that and advertise that. It's okay, let's start to shift it to, uh, how can we educate and how can we be a thought leader? How can we inform home buyers? Uh, what are those steps that they can be taking now if it's not purchasing a home immediately? Um, so that's definitely been a shift in our marketing strategy. And uh, it's great because it's an opportunity for us to sort of fill in the space that maybe we haven't seen anyone fill quite yet. So. You know we're, we're getting out there to home buyers you know it's a great opportunity to start early you know if you don't feel the need to move but you know you want to in the future start doing your research start looking at getting pre-qualified because a number of home builders require uh, a home buyer to be pre-qualified before they can sign a contract and due to the scarcity and how everyone's sort of chomping at the bit here if you find that home you want and you're not pre-qualified and then you have to spend that time and maybe someone else swoops in, well, that's something we're seeing uh, every day in both the resale market and the new construction build market. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, seeking out buyers or seeking out builders and figuring out what is their method of selling a home. Uh, we know that there are some builders out there and we've all heard it that are maybe doing a lottery pick 
there are other builders yeah. that are doing best offer similar to what you see in the resale market where a home can be listed let's say for x amount and then by the time it sells it's 50 over that amount um or you know there's no really good answer what we're trying to do at brown homes or what we are doing is hey we have a fixed price and this is the price for the home when it gets on the market for sale and it's kind of first come first serve yeah. um and then lastly you know joining those vip lists or joining those information lists so that way you can stay uh up to date with what's happening yeah um and th those have been the main changes and shifts that we've made along with our signage we don't <laughs> want to tell someone that we're now selling in a community that yeah. we're temporarily sold out in and then make anyone upset so we're making sure that all of our communications are adjusted in real time to hey we're temporarily temporarily sold out we'll let you know once things get back on sale mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of changes yeah i mean that, that was I, I thought always uh you know an interesting part of of our campaigns as ed you know every time we would launch a new community together we'd kind of figure out that point where the sales were starting to run up to the end and where we could start pulling back on the spin from there and start reallocating that to other places. So now with y'all in a, in a place obviously where you've got this, this larger wait list, you know, how are you addressing which communities you're kind of pulling back on and when, and how is that adjusted um, from, you know, kind of, I say mid-pandemic yeah. yeah. phase. No, I agree. Yeah, I've right exactly. That was going to be my question: is you know how are you know where are you where are you pivoting there? Because in a, in a in a hot market like this, you know where are you where are you finding you should invest dollars here and invest dollars there? Um, how are you guys kind of monitoring that? Absolutely, and that's a great question. It's definitely trying to uh, moderate or mitigate uh, the marketing for those communities in which. We have very little in which we have extensive wait lists um, and making sure that one, we keep our name out there and we continue to have a presence because completely shutting down uh, any sort of paid media is, is not a good idea. But um, being able to dial back on that spend is definitely what we're doing as it comes to that uh, lead gen. But really now our move has been top of the funnel and part of that top of the funnel being uh, our just general branding, uh, being able to again come across as an educator and thought leader in the industry. Uh, I mean, shoot, doing something like this with y'all and yeah. again, I really appreciate it. One, the conversation, <laughs> but the invitation and uh, being able to speak in, in platforms such as this or um, we just got involved a few months ago with uh, Discovery Plus, one of their series called The House My Wedding Bought. And <laughs> another wedding show. Another wedding show. Yes. And uh, another uh, house and yeah. or marriage show. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be like uh, pick, pick My Dress and the House That I've Always Wanted show. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, time. to be honest, though, I have to say, I found myself getting more and more interested in all these new house shows mm -hmm. and flipping shows and renovation shows with real estate, you know, being one of the most top of mind investment opportunities yeah. for people um, you know in a market like this especially where it, it obviously there's a lot of people moving here the necessity of a home is is a key as well but 
it's a hot market for people buying real estate for any reason, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's, it's a great line of business to be in. And then for individuals that maybe their uh, profession has now gone purely or solely remote, and it will allow them an opportunity to yeah. say, hey, let, let me go find that land I really wanted. And yep. if they do have a house near in the city, then that remodeling can take place. Then they can flip it. And then, you know, it's if you sell your home, where do you go? Well, if you can go a little bit further out and that's more comfortable for you, and you can find that home with more land, then there's a play there. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely been more top of funnel, general branding, uh, and then again, education, thought leader as to where we're, we've now been moving our dollars. Absolutely. Uh, a great question for you as well that I wanted to, to touch on is, you know, millennials, you know, 20 to 22 to 40 account for almost more than 57% of mortgage purchases in Austin this last year. Um, you know, we work a lot with a lot of the social media platforms out there, the TikToks, the Facebooks, the Instagrams of the world. You know, how is... Is bronze found advertising in the social media platforms extremely important, especially you know post pandemic? And you know, are you going to be is that going to be a focus of the future for you guys as well? Yeah, um, that was social platforms were something where we had our accounts set up, you know, and we do some some posts here and there uh, pre pandemic, and then we decided, hey, you know what? It's uh, another way for individuals to check out um to do their research because especially during the pandemic uh mid-pandemic uh people are at home people are in front of their digital devices a lot more and so you could see that research really spiking and because of that people are checking numerous sources which people should always be doing uh and no matter what but um people people are really checking things out and so we definitely improved uh, our engagement on our social platforms, primarily Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so, and YouTube with some of our videos that we've been creating. Uh, so that was another thing that we started yeah. doing was uh, a lot of community videos using drone footage and walking tours and being able to post that, of course, not only uh, on YouTube, but also uh on our website where it made sense and then through uh and our social platforms as well but um pinterest we've kind of dipped our toe in at the moment and then uh tiktok we have not entered that world yet but um funny enough we saw someone who uh was a realtor and then someone else who was a home buyer who ended up touring one of our homes and buying one of our homes and they were posting it on tiktok so uh, you know, you got to keep up with the time. So yeah, the influencers. Yeah, might be doing a uh, the flossing dance or something <laughs> on TikTok at one of our homes. I mean, you know, it, you, you never know how these platforms, the adoption rate is, how it's going to go from kind of that initial phase, right? You look at Facebook, um, which started as a, a platform for college kids. You, yeah. you couldn't even get an account on Facebook if you didn't have a college, a .edu address that you could sign up with. And obviously that's grown to billions of people across the world that they've they've gotten engagement commitment from that have accounts with them of all different ages, walks of life, you know, backgrounds. Everybody is on that platform or at least has the opportunity to be and know some people who are. So, you know, clearly they're they're in somewhat of a network that fits into that, you know, just about anybody in the world. 
TikTok, obviously, right now, I think we're at a place where, you know, clearly based on the, the adoption, the, the usage, the audience that's there, you know, really kind of capping out around 29 uh, before it starts to fall off a cliff. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of proportioning for age after that. Um, I obviously, you know, I expect that to change with the kind of platform that it is and the growth that they've seen. You know, obviously, we're starting to see a lot more people adopt it, more people getting into to at least consuming the content, being on the platform. Um, I think your content creators are still definitely in your younger audience, but also your younger audience, you know, 29 being kind of the, the end of that range. You know, we're talking about a group of folks that are somewhat capable these days. And, you know, as long as they've they've gone a more professional route um, of buying a, a nice home. And being a, a very decent prospect for y'all, what kind of you know, what kind of unexpected audiences have you come across from all of your initiatives? Um, you know, for example, your your TikTok content creator going through the home and, and putting that on their account. You know, what kind of other unexpected highlights have y'all seen from this much interest and engagement that you're getting right now? Yeah, it's it's been uh, very surprising and interesting that you know, across the board and across demographics, we're seeing that as being our audience. And so, you know, the surprise to me was seeing one of our homes on TikTok. Uh, for me, it was always, hey, keep keep my finger on the pulse, but, you know, didn't see that need to get into it yet. That's why we're still not there, but definitely keeping an eye on it because, you know, something like Snapchat, uh, there was a, a good little run with them, but I feel like that's more so fallen uh, by the wayside. But whenever I was working and focusing on some student living properties, oh, well, then there was a great opportunity because there's your audience. They're fully engaged. And then to your point with TikTok, how at the moment it does kind of teeter off uh, as you get closer to 30 and then on. And um, because our demographic span and age, we do have those uh, younger adopters or younger home buyers. But uh, I mean, we're across the board. And one of our communities in San Marcos, in Trace, we have first time uh, home buyer with, and they purchased a home because they're having a family now and there's an elementary school in the community and then because they bought there, the grandparent or the family, the mom and dad's pa- dad or mom, uh, they just said, hey, you know what? We're now empty nesters, we're retired, and we wanna be closer to our, our grandson who's being born. And so they decided to move into the community too. They decided to buy uh, the same home that their, uh, that their children did, which thankfully was a brawn home. but. They said, hey, you know, we don't want to be those helicopter grandparents, so we'll, we'll buy it, you know, three streets down. Uh, so it's just really cool. And with respect to how people are finding us, uh, definitely starting to focus a little bit more, at least with our company, on uh, video as well. Mm-hmm. And making sure that we have a little bit of everything with respect to content. Uh, differing our Facebook and our uh, Instagram and our Twitter content just enough that it can maybe help encourage individuals to visit all three platforms with, without them feeling, oh, I must just consume the exact same thing in all three. Why do I need to jump around? So we're trying to vary that content. 
trying to have that video as well that we can splice it up into smaller segments but also have a full form video and then um, trying to get more involved in uh, some radio and TV as we continue to grow as well and so things that again we had talked about the onset like hey in the future uh, we'll, we'll be tapping into streaming into OTT and uh, and now that we're coming out of the pandemic that's that's where we're getting to very cool absolutely I think CTV OTT is really important because I mean you're looking at now 65% plus you know people are cord cutted away from linear so it makes it really important that you know you are adding that other element that people especially people that have been at home for the last year and a half they were they were cutting costs wherever they could tv was the first one they looked at or you know and so i think that's really important and if i'm listening if i'm hearing you right i think that what you're saying and i think this is important to say on this podcast is that even though this industry is hot right now and people are you know you see the you know you, you hear the sensationalism of uh Oh, 150k over asking things like that. It is more important than ever for a home builder right now to be getting their name out there, to be to be marketing and to be advertising. Because you know what Britton mentioned earlier, you are even though that you may not have a lot of inventory at one property, you have a bunch of other properties all around this area, or you're building a funnel, you're building a list of people that can potentially get in that property. Let's say if it expands to more acreage and things like that. Absolutely, and and that's our strategy uh, at Brown Homes is that we want to be able to, you know, again, further our branding and, and who we are and what we do because it's not always going to be this way. This market won't always be this crazy. And so we want to make sure that both home buyers and realtors know uh, that we've always had a presence, what we've been doing before, what we've been doing during, and, and then how we're adjusting to this time where the market's insane and inventory is scarce and there are other issues with uh, lumber and materials and just making sure that everyone knows that Braun Homes is here and hey we're going to keep you up to date as best as possible we're doing all we can and what we feel is, is the best way to communicate and handle uh, this unprecedented time and so yes with new communities that we're entering and then also very proud that uh, and fortunate that we're able to also uh, develop our own master plan communities as well. And so keeping the audience uh, informed is something that we're trying very hard to do and focusing on. Absolutely. Well, I'm actually going to take a step back. I'm going to let Britton kind of close this for us because you guys have a history together. You all run successful campaigns together in the past. So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give Britton and you the, the final word and let him kind of just, you know, say what he wants to say. And we can definitely close this amazing podcast because I think that it's just so important to get this out to our listeners and to, to people in this industry right now that, you know, even though that it is such a, you know, burning hot industry it's still so important for us to continue to push this content out to them and say listen you know there is still such a major part of advertising digital dollars that need to go in this industry so i'm going to kick it over to brit and let him kind of wrap us up here yeah man so first thank you for contributing uh to a more stable home <laughs> buying market um and and price structure you know that you like zach was saying you see all this stuff these days about 150,000 200,000 over asking price it's refreshing to have something that's a little more static 
And Absolutely. it's nice to kind of know what you're coming in on and, and what to expect from the very beginning of the process. And I know that y'all's, y'all's buyers really appreciate that as well. Um, I imagine that that especially is, is even more beneficial for local buyers um, in the area and the folks who are kind of already based here. But obviously talking about, you know, with this, this market being so hot, uh, a lot of that interest comes from outside of Austin as well. Um, how have y'all seen a shift in terms of where folks are coming from, uh, or at least you know maybe where they're they're originating from before they get to Texas, um, or if they're coming direct from other states buying y'all's home and that's kind of their entry point uh, into the state? What kind of, of trends are y'all seeing on that side from origination? Yeah, uh, you know, we've always of course had buyers uh, from out of state coming in, and I mean that's just the the way it is. And it's awesome. And uh, also buyers within neighboring communities or those that were maybe renting and looking to, for their first time home or second time home. But now, to answer your question, uh, really seeing that those coming in from out of state or even just looking from afar are not only buying a home or a property for themselves, but they're taking advantage of maybe their means, but also of what's happening here in Austin. And so they're gonna say, well, I'm gonna go ahead and purchase some investment properties as well, because I know that people are gonna keep moving in and I'll start renting those out and that's a, a great source of income for them. So we, we have been seeing quite an uptick in those investment buyers. And so it's, uh, it's definitely a new an exciting piece of data uh, to be able to look at, um, but it also then has sort of spurred a new campaign for us and, and how to talk to investors and keeping them, you know, especially for some of those that are coming in from out of state and haven't had the opportunity to have, we're huge, our culture's huge on the, as you touched on earlier, and thank you, uh, at Burn Homes, our culture is very huge on our interactions and our relationships. Um, not only with our team members, but with our trade partners, and then with the home buyers. Again, because of the duration of our relationship, it's we don't see it as transactional. So, even with those investors from out of state uh, that are coming in and purchasing our homes, we don't treat that as a transactional as a transaction either. Where it's much more difficult to have those in person or that stronger bond and hey let's show you around we'll take you out to eat or something um what we're doing to overcome that obstacle is creating we've created marketing pieces and just information and educational pieces that we still send to them as to like hey here's what's going on with your property hey here's what's going on in austin uh our, our soccer club just had their first game. Love that. Hey, ACL yeah. festival's coming back. We have this comedy going on. Here's what's going on in the real estate market. Your investment was a great idea. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it's just, uh, it's crazy seeing that uptick as well, but then also being able to figure out how to best address that is something that's really exciting. You know, that, that internal marketing, that staying in touch with people, being a resource to them outside of just their home builder, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the person or outside of the group that's helped them get that house, you know, y'all are helping them kind of settle in, uh, feel more comfortable, reaffirming their, their good decisions. Um, speaking of kind of reaffirming their good decisions, you know, keeping that, that touch point with them, 
um, you know, I would imagine is some of the focus there on inspiring those those future buys, those referral buys from those folks. Um, you know, how how has that shifted um, since the pandemic has really started in terms of, of kind of how much is, is being brought to y'all from your current buyers? Or are you finding most of y'all's business is really coming from uh, more prospective audiences and, and incrementally? Yeah, and uh, that's a great question. Uh, so we're, we're doing a balancing act and it's um, balancing how much inventory we have in a specific location, uh, what, what's the number of investors versus primary residents, and making sure that we're able to always build a great community and in that community having great neighbors and making sure that people are going to be invested in one another, in the neighborhood, and in the community as well. Um, so referrals are always a great thing because you know we like to think of it and, and we tell our home buyers, hey, you know, by you conducting or doing a referral and bringing us someone, what you're doing is you're choosing your neighbor and, and you're helping to build this community that uh, while, while we're building the homes, we're also building this community and you by giving us a referral, you're helping to ensure that, hey, you're gonna have those people that you want and have that neighbor that you want that's really gonna be a positive impact in, in the community. And so that's something that we find to be very awesome. I, I love that idea of, of referrals kind of being a, a pick your neighbor engine. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I love that. I, I think that's a, a great, a great message to get across to people. I think that works really well. Because yeah. I think, you know, deep down, every person who moves to a neighborhood where they don't know anybody just wishes that, you know, either A, you luck into just a great pre-existing group of folks that live right around you that you can plug into um, or be that you could just bring all your friends and family in and just live in the street around you so right i mean how, how many I times how many times have we had conversations with friends and it's like man if we just all threw down for a plot of land yes. and then we could just build our homes have the perfect little commune and it's that easy just, yeah it's that easy a little moat or a lazy river <laughs> we should all get land together yeah. right now with, yeah right here all of us in this room barbecue at your place tonight zach sweet i'll bring the tomatoes yeah yep so that's, I mean, that's awesome to, to see that y'all are keeping in touch, keeping that, you know, kind of the, in a, in a different sense, a community mm -hmm. um, of all the people that are, are buying with y'all. You know, I, one of my questions is what's, you know, kind of what's, what's the next big thing for y'all? You know, what's something that y'all have uh, on the roadmap that you're, you're really excited about uh, yeah. getting out to people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple things, uh, with respect to our customer experience so that's something else that we're really focusing on and that that spans from our new communities where it's nothing but dirt and there's still that opportunity to buy that dirt and build your home on there but you know instead of having two cars pull up and then you're showing plans on the hood of your car we've been purchasing airstreams or trailers and repurposing them and stripping them out, gutting them and building temporary sales offices inside. And so we have a cool retro feel at these communities that again are just all dirt or homes are in the process of being built. And it's a cool place for people to come and, and meet our sales consultants and sit down and talk and review what's gonna happen there to our model homes 
you know, we used to follow this sort of antiquated plan of the garage is turned into the sales office, home buyers walk in, but they don't walk in through the front door. They walk in through the sales office, which is the garage, and you're met by the sales consultants. So you have to speak to them first. And then you walk around their desk to go inside the home. And, you know, over time and figuring out how can we continue to focus on the customer experience, we've changed that to be a much more open plan. While we still have our garage be the sales office area, people walk in through the front door and then we have a big opening uh, and you see just open space. We have a bistro with coffee, drinks, uh, the salesperson's. Uh, office uh, is enclosed in glass so you still have that sense of openness but if you need to have private conversations you can still be behind some doors and then we've even created a kids area with built-in iPads on a desk where they can be distracted and entertained while maybe the adults or guardians are having more again of that financial conversation that they would just be bored and maybe hey let's go let's go rushing it um, all the way to touchscreen uh, interactive websites that we've created for our community specifically because as we know if someone's there well we don't need to uh, focus on that lead generation they're there that's great yeah. let's focus more on what's happening in that area um, so those are some real cool things we've done with customer experience but what's to come uh, extremely excited for out in Elgin Texas and we are developing a master plan community called Harvest Ridge. It's gonna be a little over 1,100 homes and it's gonna be something amazing that that area, that market hadn't seen before with respect to master plan community from a beautiful uh, swimming pool uh, with splash pad, amenity center, full on amenity center, lounge, clubhouse, game room, uh, trails hike and bike trails throughout a couple of ponds uh fully stocked and uh basketball court playground some uh not soccer fields but uh sports fields right because you can do whatever out there and so super super excited for that uh coming coming september and so <laughs> it's just great. right around the corner that's uh that sounds like a really cool project i mean it sounds like you guys have some some cool new ideas coming for uh, the development side of the business. I'm excited oh, yeah. to see what's going to be coming after that that big master plan uh, community. Um, but man, that's that's awesome. I yeah. mean, it sounds like y'all have kept the focus on growing, progressing, um, getting to a new point. Which you know, obviously, with the amount of business that that you're able to to get going, and you're able to to help people, you know, capitalize on getting new homes in you know the same place they've lived forever or a brand new place that they've just moved to but having that comfort that somebody's taking care of them um i'm excited to see what the progress is looking yeah. like moving forward man yeah we'll have to check in definitely totally uh, with you in the, in the next six months to a year let us know how it's going and you know i just want to say thank you for coming in and, and joining the queue and you know i think this is such great information for people out there to to really get how much braun is doing here in the community here in central texas and you know, again, I kept hearing community, community, and that's kind of how Q1 Media is. That's kind of how you guys are, and that's I think that's important for all of us in this industry is to be one and a big overall community that work together. Totally. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Brent. Hey, Thanks. Man, we really appreciate it. All right, we're out of the queue. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Q Podcast. 
your company would like more information on how to advertise using the in-depth tactics we just discussed today. Maybe you're looking to attract new customers, build campaigns to target competitor brands, target a younger audience via the major social media platforms. Please reach out to me directly and we can discuss. My email is zach at q1media.com, Z-A-C at q1media.com. Thank you for listening to The Q.